Hey guys, what's up? I'm Antonio Mantle. I'll be your host. You're listening to Stay 100 Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about everyday life and everyday situations. Also, my co-host Larry Duncan is not in the building today. Larry has a night off again. We'll see him in the next couple weeks. But I have a special guest in the building. He is Devontae Hoffers. What's up, Devontae? How you doing, bro? Hey, my man. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's blessed to be here. Um, my name is Devontae Hallfresh. I'm from Westmoreland, Tennessee. It's the town that nobody knows where it's at. <laughs> hey, man, it's all good, bro. We've had a lot of people come on the show and tell their story and who they are. Uh, first and foremost, just jumping into it. Um, I know you're, you say you're from Westmoreland, yeah. Tennessee. How yeah. far is that from Bowling Green? Because I know you had to travel today to come to me. Uh, it's about 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Okay, I've heard of it. Uh, really small town, right? Yeah, really small, really small. Okay. I think my, gradu- my graduating class had uh, approximately 97 people in it. Okay. Ain't no wrong with that. I think I graduated small with 33. Town. I'm from a small area too, Radcliffe, Kentucky, but I graduated with 331 people in my class. So, in a sense, I get you. Yeah. So, let's jump right into it, man. Um, first and foremost, man, I did, if you guys are out there listening to today's show, I discovered Devontae through a friend, a friend about three months ago when the summer started. She told me there's a guy that I need to interview today. Yeah. He's an amazing guy. He's been doing a lot of things in the community where he's from. So first and foremost, man, when you come on my show and stay 100 podcast, like I said, just introduce yourself, what you did, tell us who you are and tell your story. So uh, first and foremost, tell, tell us who you are and again. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm Devontae Hoffrich and... So what happened was, is I ended up saving a family of three mm-hmm. and two dogs out okay. of a house fire. And the story of, of how it went down is, it, it's out there. It's pretty it's crazy. Out there. It's, it's got some details. In it's it. pretty crazy. So I read, I did my own research on that, just jumping into the conversation. Yeah. I did my own research. I had heard about you saving a family of five and, uh, I had heard about you uh, saving a family of five or of three. three okay, yeah, three, three, five. I had heard something like that. But kind of jump into it. Kind of tell me about how it all started that right. night that you saved these people's lives, man, because that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was me and my friend Corey. Okay. Corey and I. Yeah. Um, Corey, a good friend of yours? Yeah. Okay. Dude, he's, he's like my brother. Okay. Grew up together, you know, just we're tight. And. We were going to go to the store, you know, regrettably enough, to get a pack of cigarettes. Okay. And late night run. Late night run. Well, I mean, I actually I was good, but Corey, he was out, and it right. was like man, it was like twelve o'clock at night. Right, right. Twelve o'clock at night, and it was on a weekday, so I, I was tired. Right. You know, and I mean, 
I said yes, I'll take him to the gas station. I'll take him. I'll take you to the store. Right. But I'm not the type of friend that's gonna go by myself right. to do you a favor at twelve o'clock at night. Like we're both gonna have to suffer. You, you feel me? I got you. I like, got you. <laughs> and um, so Corey gets in the car and he's like, "Man, I forgot my wallet." And I'm like, oh, dude, okay, all right, put my car in park. Like, hurry up, go get your wallet. He runs, right, sprinting down. He cuts the corner. He cuts the corner. And as soon as, as soon as he does, I hear a voice in my head. Right. That said, leave now. Seriously, that's what you heard, the first thing you heard. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as he cut that corner. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're out there listening, this, this episode is going to get really serious. This guy saved a family from dying in the, fi- in the fire. Uh, it was uh, everywhere in the news, and, uh, and Devontae's continued to tell the story. Yeah. So as soon as he cut that corner, the voice says, leave now. And I heard it clear as day, and I instantly put my car in reverse. And I leave. I left my, left Corey there. So I'm driving to the gas station. And I just so happened to see a a flame Mm -hmm. to the right of the door. And it's a double wide trailer. Right. And And this is in your neighborhood, right? Yeah, it's in his neighborhood. Okay, so it's in his neighborhood. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just at his house. Yeah, he's just chilling, yeah. Yeah. And so, I see this, I see this fire. And I'm like, shocked. I mean, I couldn't believe, like, it just seemed so unreal. Right. You had this, did you ever think that somebody was in there? It's got to be a family there. You seen cars outside? What made you say, well, I got to go help these people out? All right, so yeah, okay, I'll get to that. So I, I stopped, like I immediately put my car in park, like in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at first I, I was like, somebody is, am I being punked or something? You know, like, I was like, this is, this is, this is out there. But, you know, instincts, like, okay, no, this is real. Put my car in park and I call 911 as I'm getting out. Right. Dispatcher's like, okay, you know, what's going on? Okay, you know, there's a fire. Right. You know, I, I, we need to get, I need to get help here. So everything's going in your head right now. Yeah, You're it's fast. A hundred things right now. Yeah. Because you worry about this, you worry about that. You worry about if your friend's still there, you see this fire. Yeah. So everything's so, going in your head. And, you know, and, um, I'm telling you, like, you know, there's a fire at this house. I need, I, I, we need help here. Right. And just, what's the address? You know, I, I don't know the address. Right. You know, I, I just happened to drive over here. Right track track my location you know right. I was, I was kind of kind of upset that she right. she asked me like that should and they been. should be able to with your phone yeah so yeah, that was so, smart for you to say that yeah I was like track my location and I immediately put my phone in my pocket because I went up started knocking on the door right right on the front door and I'm just trying to test and see if anybody's home because it's late it's right. 12 o'clock on a, on a school night right and I'm knocking on the door and I hear a dog bark from inside. I, I look out, I see the cars, I see the vehicles. 
Okay. At this point, it you clicks. know the family's here. It At clicks. this point, you know the family's there. Right. There's some. There's someone here. And at that point that I had that light bulb, like, okay, there's life, there's, there's life in here. The fire, I don't know if you know anything about a double wide trailer, but- A little bit, not much. I think my grandma had one back in yeah. the day, so I know a little bit about it. But. Well, the material is super flammable. Wow. Super flammable. And it's just like plastic. Oh, you yeah. know, and it just it when it go when it lights it goes. It goes yeah. like that. It, yeah, and so the fire I, like I was knocking and it was right next to me, and as soon as it hit the raptors, it combusted. Wow! And spread like through Everywhere. the entire house wow. like instantly. Like the wow. majority of the house was just instantaneously consumed by fire. Wow! So yeah. at that point. You realize there's a family there because you saw the dog. When you get inside, you see the flame. Well, it didn't happen like that. Okay, okay. You see, because it got so hot, I couldn't knock on the front door anymore. Wow. I didn't hear. I didn't hear anyone. All I heard was a dog bark. You know, and so, and at that point, like as soon as I heard the dog bark, the fire got so big I couldn't knock on the front door anymore. So then I began to panic. Because I also knew there was there was people in here, and so I ran through the back, you know, to the back door. And but when I got to the back door, I was a little bit more aggressive than the, the knock on the front door. I was I was beaten, but when I got to the back door, man, I Superman punched that back door just bah bah one after another. Because at this point, you're trying to save somebody. Like yeah, you. like yeah. and I'm. What stopped me from busting down the door, like I could have very well busted down that door. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. What stopped me was just because it's Westmoreland and you never know who's got, who's sleeping with, you know, 45. Right. You know, you, <laughs> you bust in someone's door, you're right. going to be met with a shotgun. It's all a small community. Yeah. Ain't, nobody, ain't nobody just robbing yeah. people's houses like that. Yeah, and I'm, I'd be busted in, so. Well, I'm, not, I'm, I'm punching it super hard. Like, I'm about... If, if they point, don't, they don't come, yeah, if they don't come, it's coming down. And I eventually, I hear a scream from within the house. I took a breath of fresh air. I was so relieved that I woke them up. Man. And at this point, the wife, she come, the wife and mom, mm -hmm. she comes to the front, to the back door. Cracks it open and is soon. And keep in mind, I'm doing all this barefoot. Right. No shoes, That's no crazy. socks. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as she cracks that door open, I run through. I don't introduce myself. I don't say anything. I run into their house. At this point, you're just trying to save somebody's life because you realize right. somebody's in there. Right. So I guess and I so, wouldn't did the same thing. So yeah, and I know she's at the she's at the back door. So that's one person down. So I run in, and the and I see to my left mm -hmm. a little girl, and then I see to my right the dad, father. He he's coming out of his room, and I immediately run to him. Also, because I just wanted to kind of de-escalate the issue of you know maybe he's getting the gun. You know, so I go to him and I say, sir, your house is on fire. 
how many people are in here. I need to get you and everyone else All out of here. Ones out of here ASAP. Immediately. And he's so discombobulated from all the smoke mm-hmm. that he inhaled while he was sleeping. I mean, the entire house, when I was inside the house, it was from floor to ceiling filled with smoke. And you know, growing up as a kid, I remember the fire department, you know, showing us examples of what to do stop, in, drop, and in case of fire, stop, drop, and roll is one, roll. and then uh, you know, another, if you're trapped in a building, mm-hmm. you hit the bottom right. so that you can get that pocket of ventilation, that pocket of air. And I did that. Right. And there was no pocket of air. Man. And what happened was, and I found out because I asked the chief because I was very upset. Right. I was like, yo, what is the deal? You know, I... I I, you know, I remembered that as a kid. I did that. What happened? And he clarified that whenever you open the door, a window, it allows that pocket to escape. I got you. I got you. And so the smoke hits the bottom. And that's what had happened as soon as I opened the door. Okay. And so going on, um, whenever I came up to him, how many, how many of y'all are in here and they were so just out of it just because of all that smoke like they were all running around and you know it just I, I'm so grateful that I got to them in the time that I did right you know? so by this time you get everybody out the house let's, let's move into that okay get everybody out into the house so what's going on at the I, okay now this is gonna be exclusive. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, haven't really told anybody. You know, the it's news, cool. newspaper never got to never got to hear this. This is exclusive. It's, it's a it's a bit of a funny story. Okay. And it's, yeah, it's you're gonna like it. Okay, so I get everybody out the house, right? Mm-hmm. I'm doing a head count. Mm-hmm. Okay, got you, dad, mother, daughter. Right. That's, that's all the people. Dogs, there's two of them. One, two, what? Where's the second one? So it's still somebody missing. And so, and it's a dog. So wow. we're like, okay, where's the dog at? And we both realize, we all realize, oh crap, the dog's still in the house. And like we all looked at the house. And as the smoke was just tunneling out, just coming out of the back door. They see me start to hesitate back, you know, I'm starting to go back to the house and they say, no, stop, stop, what are you doing? And I turn back and I'm like, uh, if, I'm, if I do a job, I do it to completion. I save everybody, you know, everyone's getting saved. Right. And so the smoke is just pouring out and I run back in barefoot. <laughs> Run back in the second time, and in the first time, it was already floor. It was already done. Floor, yeah, yeah it was already bad. Man, and so I run so back. So what's in. the adrenaline like? Tell me, like, what, what, do you, like, what's going through your head as you're going back and forth into that building, keep on trying to save the family members because you don't have no shoes on. Yeah. So are you not feeling it? This is just adrenaline at the time. 
I was, to be honest with you, I was pretty calm Man. during the still, entire, there was only that. one part that, and I'm about to get to that part, mm-hmm. um, where I was like, oh crap. But I mean, honestly, dude, this is something that I was delivered. You took a lot of risk, bro. Like I would, like God delivered me from the flames. God delivered that family from God the flames. God was with you too. There was, in was it, there was you. God, you know, all over it. Man. And from like the voice that he told, you know, go now. And the fire department went on to say that if I were one minute late, that family would have died. That's what the fire department told yeah. you? Yeah. Man, that's crazy. That's yeah, so, so crazy. This is, this is the part where, <laughs> this is the funny part. So I'm running in, I run back into the house. I can't see anything. I can't breathe. Um, the smoke is super bad. I, it, it's just getting in my eyes. And I'm, I'm looking for air and there is no, there is no air. And I'm also in a new environment. Man. I don't know the rooms. I don't know where the dog is. So it's like a guessing game at this point. It's a guessing game. <laughs> Either you in or you out. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm, I'm in this house. I'm in the fire. I'm in the flames. You, you see what I'm saying? And, I got you. And I'm trying to find this dog and I, something just tells me in their room. You know, I was like, yeah, it's gotta be, it's gotta be hiding somewhere. Man. And so I run to their room, the back room. Mm-hmm. I get inside. I see the, I see the dog. I'm relieved because it's there she is. It's a little shih tzu <laughs> of all dogs. Right. A little shih tzu and their bed is huge. They have a ginormous bed. And this Shih Tzu is on the far corner of this bed. I run up to grab it, and she runs to the opposite corner. Oh, man. I'm <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I run to that corner, and she runs to the opposite corner. The dog probably don't really know what's going on in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, it yeah. does, but it don't, yeah. Yeah, and so it's literally become a, a game of me trying to chase this dog and catch this dog on a ginormous well, you mattress. might be in danger at this point. <laughs> oh, and this is, that's coming up. Mm-hmm. That goes on for a few, few turns, few times, and I look up, and the, the ceiling has become an ocean of fire. It is flowing and it is right above me. And I am like, that is when it dawned on me is, wow, I could really die. Yeah. Did you ever, let me ask you this. Just, we're getting too deep. We're getting so deep into the conversation and it's getting really good for all the listeners out there. If you're just checking in, listening to this episode, Devontae Hillfresh, all the way from Westmoreland, Tennessee, telling his story. It's getting deeper and deeper. Did you ever say to yourself, while you're saving these people, that I might die at this point because it's getting dangerous and dangerous. Talk about that day. Kind of like yeah. talk, jump into that. And honestly, man, that's that's when. is when I looked up and seen that I was below an ocean of, of fire mm-hmm. and it was flowing and it was so bright and so hot. I was like, okay, I, I could die. And then I was... 
I came to the conclusion that I'm going to have to step up my game as far as capturing this dog. The, I like that. The, 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 the game, game up. I like that. The game, That's motivation right, right. there. Right. It's, it's, it, it's just tag. That's what, what it is, is at this point. Yeah. So, <laughs> I walk over very casual and I grab the pillow. They had this giant pillow. Mm-hmm. I walk to the corner of the dog zone. I kind of heard it. Mm-hmm. And the dog goes to the front of the bed, and, <laughs> and I, I apologize about this, but just had to, guys. <laughs> I'm apologizing to the family. Right. Uh, so the dog goes to the front of the bed, and I take that pillow and I Jackie Robinson <laughs> that dog. <laughs> And he rose. Yeah. Because at this rose. point, what else was you going to be able to do? I had no other no other options. I this dog it. was about to not only kill himself, right. but kill me. I get you. I definitely get you, man. And so I, Jackie Robinson, the dog, I run over there as he's rolling. I pick him up. Or pick her up. My bad. Pick her up. And I am running through the house. Can't see anything. Basically blind, Man. barefoot, and you must have seen a hole or something. Desperately yes. needing air. Yeah. And this dog, on top of everything else, is trying to attack me. Oh man. This Shih Tzu is so mad that I have either a because they don't know what's going on. At yeah. The point. Very scared. Mm-hmm. Very scared and just mad at me for just coming into his area, right. and, you know. And so I just, I didn't have the time to build up that trust. But um, trying to attack me, man, I look like Ace Ventura <laughs> running out of the running out of the door, just that's just throwing out smoke, and then boom, I pop out with a dog trying to eat me. Right, I run up to the family. I give them their dog, and I'm like, there you go. I saved everybody. I'm good. So by this time, let me ask you this. Just jump into it. By this time, I'm sure a lot of people are standing outside. No. Not even the no, not at that point. I had that family out really quick before the fire department got there. Man. Like, but the funny thing is, this funny story is about the dog. I... I saved the dog, but mm-hmm. the dog ran back into the house. And the fire department, when they came, they, got it. they saved the dog. Yeah. And I was so surprised that the dog was alive. And right. I wanted to go back in, but yeah. it was way past that point. Too risky. Yeah. Couldn't do it. So and, but when the fire department, when they were putting out the, the flames, I drove to the store, bought them a pack of cigarettes, drove mm-hmm. back. <laughs> and we smoked, uh, you know, a cigarette, and as the fire department fought the, the flames. Man. You know, so, I mean, credit to the Westmoreland Fire Department for doing a fantastic job. And, and you too, like you too, you know, not only just Westmoreland uh, Fire Department, but you too, man, because 
if it weren't for you just getting that start and making that call, yeah, you were you were that call away to to get that fire. They they might have been dead. You you could have been dead. Right. So that's that's and that's and and just listening to your story, Devontae, that's why what's the type of people that we want to bring on the show? We want people that that has motivation, people that has yeah. a lot of courage, people that stand up for people, people that uh, got other people's back in. When I heard about you, man, I was like, I gotta get this guy on the show because I don't care if he's in Tennessee and I live in Kentucky. We're gonna get him and and show up, man. So kind of talk about that. Talk about once the family was out of the fire and everything was cleared out. Talk about how everybody started calling you the hometown hero. Talk about all the all the love you're getting. You know, everybody patting me on the back. You know, I'm not saying that yeah. you, yeah. that you really wanted that because you're just trying to save somebody's life. So kind of just jump into that. Yeah, uh, man. I mean, for me, it was super weird because after that night, I go to bed and I wake up and boom, it is like, because a cop, his name is David, Officer David, mm-hmm. super great, super mm-hmm. fantastic guy, um, got a heart of gold. Shout out Officer David. Yeah. His name, Officer David, shout out Officer David. Yeah, and so he, he took a, he snapped a picture of me. And I didn't even know he was, I didn't know you were taking the picture, did not know at all. I was just smiling, you know, engaged in a conversation mm-hmm. and he just, boom, took a picture. And that's the picture he went with. Mm-hmm. And that's the picture they put in the newspaper. The next thing you know, you're and in the paper the next morning. I'm in, yeah, in the paper and the next morning and I'm all over Facebook and everybody shared it. Yeah, man, I've seen a lot of stuff on you. I've seen newspaper articles. Uh, people one on one just talking to me, just in conversation. Uh, I seen you on social media. Like I seen a lot of crazy. So kind of like talk about that. How does it feel to like save somebody's life? Not only that, be kind of like a be looked up to by the youth or anybody, the elderly, just being looked up to in your city where you're from, where you're born and raised. How does that make you feel as a person? Like cause Man, a lot of people, a lot of people ain't ready for that. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty it's pretty nice, you know, it's nice to be to be used, you know, I mean by God. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice to just to be useful, you know, and I mean I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't really ready for it, but mm-hmm. it, I Yeah, stuff it, like that, man, Devontae yeah. you can't be ready for it. No, that's why I tell people. Your story is so crazy, man, because like I said, when I heard about it, man, I couldn't believe it. And and I told my co-host last night a little bit about it. I, I was texting him last night and I was telling him, I was like, man, I got this guy come on the show. And yeah. Olivia, shout out to Olivia. Olivia told me about you, you know what I'm saying? And uh, she was speaking good on your name. And like I said, the newspaper articles, I seen you on Facebook. Uh, I did my own research. I Googled. I said, everything's popping up on you. So, um, it's, it's crazy, like, and you've been living there, what? You've been living there all your life and everything, so you probably know everybody out there. Yeah, no, it's everybody knows everybody. And uh, to, to go back to that, because I thought of a, a better response, yeah. you know, um, as far as what I think about people that look up to me. And, I mean, I just try to do what God wants me to do. You know, I, I try to do... Anything that I can, man. You know, I wake up 
in the morning just like and say, God, God, use me. God, use me. Because it's a, that's what society is lacking. You know, that, mm-hmm. that need to help others. Right, and I, I said that to him. Especially my now. Yeah. You know, nowadays. We need everybody to come together more. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's too many, too many two-sided. Everyone's divided. Everybody's divided. It shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be like that. So I got a question. Um, jump into it. Like, mm. when did this happen? Was this like in February or March of 2020? I read up on it a little bit, but. May 2020. May. Okay, so really right during COVID. Like right, right before, right COVID. before COVID, yeah. really where it really hit. Mm-hmm. Man, that's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Now, are you still in contact with the family? Do you ever talk to them here and there? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm super, super tight with the family. They're we're basically family. Okay, you so know? you hang out with them sometimes. And- yeah, yeah, and every every time I see them, you know, they're you're my guardian angel. You're my guardian angel. I mean, dude, it's just it's a blessing and. Honestly, one of the one of my best memories, the something that really stuck with me, that, and this is what was kind of like shocked me, that made me made me feel such an immense feeling of just joy, and it overwhelmed me. Was after the fact, I you know the next morning I see it all on Facebook, but. You know, I'm just like, okay, yeah, thank you guys. To to me, it's just anybody would have done right. it, you know. And, and it makes you feel weird when you wake up. It was like, man, that's, that's right. me that did that. But right. at the same it time, was real. and I can tell, that's one thing I like about you, uh, Devontae. I noticed it about you. You, you. you really didn't even care when you first, when we supposed, first spoke on the phone about a couple months ago. You really didn't care if it was so much about you you or you, you was just worried about West Borland, the city, and, and the youth, and then the kids, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, every time I ask you something, like, outside of the podcast about you and what you did, you, you, you kind of, what I like about you is you downplay everything. It's, it's all about them, and that's great, you know what I'm saying? Even though you did the, the job, yeah. but that's what I like about you. You got that, that sense of humor about yourself, yeah. and, 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 and you, I can tell your focus, and uh, you got a lot going, and so what's going on in the community? I know you were supposed to do this big speech. You got an award with yeah. the fire department. So it's kind of yeah. like jumping and talking about that. It was the fire department that gave you that award. Yeah, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna show a picture on Snapchat for so anybody that wants to look at it. So yeah, um, yeah I got award from the city of Westmoreland and mm-hmm. the fire department. And I mean that was that was an experience. I was supposed to received this award mm-hmm. on my birthday September mm-hmm. big and this is where this is what really made me evolve into the person that you know you're talking to today mm-hmm. this is really what focus what fixed my focus was what's occurring because it was a chain of events after Man. after the, I saved those people in the fire it's just you know, God has positioned me here. And yeah, there, a lot and of good there. things just happened for you, bro. Yeah. Blessings on top of blessings. Exactly. Blessings on top of blessings. Yeah. And I noticed that, like on your social media, you got that award with the fire department. You're in the newspaper. Then I, then I see you about to do a speech. So kind of jump into that about the speech and everything. Yeah, and I was going to give the speech to, I was going to, because, you know, honestly, I love the award. I love that they gave it to me, but... It, you know, it was a plaque to me. Mm-hmm. 
I would rather use this opportunity that I felt that God gave me to speak about something that I did care about and that was foster children and a broken system, you know, because I couldn't accept this award and sit idle while, you know, I, mean, I couldn't save that family out of the fire and accept this award and sit idle as those foster children are made to sit in, to, in their flames, mm -hmm. in their fire. See, Man. somebody's got to save them out of yeah, there. Somebody got to do something, right. And so I wanted to use this opportunity because, you know, there was politicians who were, who were congratulating me. There were, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you got like, right. I'm sure you heard from everybody, a little bit yeah. of everybody. Yeah. Kids, youth, moms, dads, families, you know, a lot of the workforce out there, man. That's yeah. crazy, bro. So, Westmoreland, let's talk about that real quick. How small is the town? I know you said you graduated with 70 people. What's mm -hmm. My graduating class had 97 people. How many like people live in Westmoreland? Man, I think like 3,000 around there. Man. Somewhere it's, so you it's know a small town. Everybody. Yeah, it's a town where everyone. So what, knows was everybody. all your friends like uh, joking with you, or when all that happened, everything happened? Were they like, "Man, that was you"? Or was, yeah, was, did you get a lot of that? Yeah, yeah. All my friends were like, "Holy crap, you know, that's amazing! I'm, I'm proud of you." But you know, my my friends, I mean, they've always believed in me and mm -hmm. thought highly of me. Which I mean, I feel like everybody should have friends mm -hmm. yeah. that believe in them yeah, and, they and them. support yeah, that's, them because that's, that's what, what type right. of team I like to be around. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I like how you said that. And they were just super supportive of of me because I mean it was evolving. You know, my, my me wanting to fix the foster care system. You know, and me coming up with. The voice for the voiceless. Right, because you grew up in foster care. Yes. Such so on that, like, how was that? Was that rough? You know. Oh man, it was rough. Foster care is not a fun place. Man, you know, it's not. It's so not you move fun. around. You move around a lot, and is yeah. that how you get to Westmoreland? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, about five, six years old, I got taken away into foster care, bounced around the system until. 12 years you old. Live all around Tennessee? Yeah, or all around Tennessee. So you've been a little bit everywhere out there, so. Yeah. Man. All around Tennessee. And I mean, the worst part of, about foster care is, I mean, you could have good foster homes, but, you know, you really, people don't take into account that there really isn't a such thing as a good foster home. It's just honestly a Band-Aid because you, you move He's just around. coming up my soul. Yeah. You get used to a family for so long, and then yeah. before you know it, boom, in a blink of an eye, boom. You're out. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you a story. The, my first foster home I was in, mm -hmm. I went to Nashville. I was living with this family in Nashville, and we're all, we're getting ready to go to Chuck E. Cheese, you know, and, and we're sitting there in the living room waiting, and I'm like six years old, five, five six years old. And we're waiting in the living room, and our foster parents, they tell us, we'll be right back, we'll be right back. They go into the back room, and when we're about to go to Chuck E. Cheese, we just got ready, you know, we're, we're about to go. About 20, 30 minutes goes by, knock on the door. 
they come out, social worker isn't at the front door to take us and we go into our, the next foster home. Wow. Never receive any type of ex- explanation. I mean, these are people you, know, you spend And y'all are young, so you don't really yeah. sort out y'all's feelings either. So no. y'all didn't know what was going on. No. no. And you add that onto the trauma you already carry in to the foster foster home. You know, and there was quite a bit, you know, in my case. Man, that had to be rough, bro. Yeah, man, it, it was it was rough. I heard that a lot, especially with, like, people that go through uh, foster care. I think I had somebody else like that before, maybe on the show or a close friend, man. They always tell me, you always, when you're in foster care, you're going to bounce around. Mm-hmm. Ain't no such thing as just being in one house. You're going to bounce around a couple times before you at one, before, right. you end it, before you end that one. But, man, that's crazy. So, how did you overcome... How you overcome that? Like, what what made you just like you know, and be and become the person you are today? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. helping. You know, you, I know you got a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you got some good friends, a good circle around you. What made you? Because you could have went the wrong route. Oh yeah, with foster care. Oh, what made you say that I'm gonna be different, and then I'm gonna stay on the on the the I'm gonna stay on the right track, and I want to I'm gonna do everything that I need to do, and I want to be a great human being. What made you? What made that? Cause you, like I said, you could have went anywhere. Right. I mean, man, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm just gonna be, you know, straight yeah. up. We want you to be real. It wasn't any of the therapists that I've seen. Mm-hmm. It wasn't any of the psychiatrists that I've seen. And trust me when I tell you, I've I've seen plenty. Right. The only thing that caused me to heal was God. Yep. Was God was serving people? I noticed that you got a good relationship with Him too. I noticed. That. Oh man, I, I can tell. I, I can tell. Gotcha. Even when you, even when when you're doing everything right for three months, and you kind of want to do something that you shouldn't do, yeah. God's talking to you. I, I see that, and I feel that. Yeah. Because I, I feel the same way. You know what I'm saying? I feel the same way. So it be times where I do I do great with God, and I do everything I'm supposed to do. I go to work. I'm, and, and I praise the Lord, and I'm, and I'm doing everything for four months straight. And then I go to a nightclub, and I want to get with the girls, and then I want to um, spend a lot of money, and then I want to not care about nothing, and then I want to yeah. drink too much, or you know. So mm-hmm. we all go through that, you know what I'm saying? We all human beings. So that's that's what I'm getting, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I see that you got a good relationship with God. So what keeps you? What keeps you and him? You and his relationship. Concrete. Straight, yeah, concrete. <clears throat> like, what keeps it straight? Because you got to... There ain't nobody that can't say they don't struggle no, with it sometimes. It's simple. Because temptations is hell. Yeah, it's, it's simple. I need them. I feel that. See, that. there's a difference between wanting right. and need. Needing. Right. And I need God. Right. In order to save that family out of a fire... And come out unscathed, unburnt. God, in order to get up and have the motivation to not only work, but also serve my community and everyone I come into contact with. I got you. God. 
So what do you see? I always ask people on my show, what do you see yourself? Me and Larry always ask people, what do you see yourself in the next five years for Devontae? What is a, what is a plan picture out? What are you going to be doing? Where are you going to be? Yeah. What, what, what's your plan for the next five years? Man. And it can be anything you want to say. What, yeah. what is, what is what's only, the future hope for you? There's only one thing I want. What's that? I want the voice for the voiceless. I want to be closer to my goals whenever it comes to that organization. Because, I mean, the voice for the voiceless is a solution that I have been, I've been working on that I 100% believe with all my heart that it will fix a broken system. And I mean, I think the the real issue is why wouldn't you want it? You know, when you look at the statistics of foster children, how many of them are 18 and get locked up and mm-hmm. taxpayers have to keep them, keep them in there. Because you, you, you went through some stuff with that foster care. You had different type of therapists. You done been, you done been through a lot. It wasn't any therapist, I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, and trust I'm just saying me. your path. Your path was, yeah. you went through this. I believe that it was all God. You went through this therapist. You went through that therapist. You met this foster care people. You were lied to at a young age in Nashville. They told you it's gonna take you to church. You you had a lot of trust in a lot of people, and a lot of people try to bring you trust towards them. But I noticed like they weren't always telling you the truth. They weren't always yeah. real with you. Yeah, and you know that's where I came up with the slogan, or not? I didn't come up with it, but where I I repeat it, I say it. You know, engrave it. Be the change that you want to see in the world. I like that. Be the change you want to see in the world. Be the change you want to see in the world. I like that. I mean, and I've had a pretty good example on how what not to do. I got a pretty good example, a pretty clear path on you know what happens when you, you when you dabble with this or when you act this way or you know all the mental disorders that are that people have. You know, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. There's, there's a, and I think your story. I think your, your your story it it impacts everybody. Like I said, from the youth to the elderly to the the normal adult, you know, the teenage kids, because everybody has been through something, whether they're yeah. young or old, or whether they're young or they're old right now. And I think your story is one for the ages, man. It's definitely one that a lot of people need to hear. Um, um man, uh, like I said, man, uh, before we close out. Um, is there anything or is there anybody that you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, yeah, you know? for sure. Uh, I want to give a shout out to, first of all, God for giving me this opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, second, I want to thank my my job, Cabinet Express, for partnering up with me and and you know we fed over three hundred homeless homeless people at the the Nashville Rescue Mission Center. And thank you for all the churches, New Vision, First Baptist, and Lakeside for for helping me with the hygiene product donation. Y'all guys are amazing, and it is a blessing to to have y'all y'all on board with that. Um, and last but not least, I want to give a shout out to my my little sisters, Desiree, Destiny, and Danielle. 
I love y'all guys. And man, that, that's it. Okay, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard it from Devontae Hall Frisch. Uh, man, he had a crazy story. Um, like I said, man, I've been trying to get this guy on episode for the last couple of months, but uh, I finally got to it today. Um, we're going to be looking forward to having Devontae. I got a feeling we're going to be having you back on the show real, hey, real soon in the I'm next few months. Uh, this time, Larry will be on there with us to yeah. join us. Larry had to work tonight again for you guys to just join it or just listen in. Larry Duncan, my co-host, had the night off. Uh, he's been busy with work, doing some extra stuff. But uh, you know how Stay 100 is. We still go. We still go as we go. Um, you're listening to Stay 100 Podcast. I'm Antonio Mounsel. And you are Devon J. Hall Frisch. You listen to Stay 100 Podcast. Uh-huh.